Welcome to another episode on this fourth season of the Virtual Coffee Break podcast from MSU Extension. My name is Martin Mangual, dairy educator on the west side of the state. As fields get busy with traffic, so does the importance to talk about some of the diseases that could impact our crop production, especially when we're talking about corn crop that we plan to use for silage. In today's episode, forage educator Phil Cates and specialist Dr. Marty Shilvers discuss how to spot and manage tar spot, an important disease affecting Michigan in these past few seasons. Phil, take it away. Hi, everyone. My name is Phil Cates. I'm the Michigan State University Extension field crops educator, focusing on forages, and that includes alfalfa as well as corn silage. And today I have as my guest, Dr. Marty Chilvers. He is the field crops specialist for Michigan State University in pathology. And specifically, we're going to talk about tar spot and corn silage for all of our livestock producers. And so before we get started, I just want to say that we appreciate the research that Dr. Chilvers has done to help us deal with this new disease that is infecting a lot of corn across Michigan. Marty, how are you today? Good, thanks, Phil. Um, yeah, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, tar spots certainly taken up a lot of our time over the last couple of years, and I'm excited that we're going to be doing some more work related to silage and the impacts of, of tar spot. Well, Marty, I've got some things that, I, that I'd really like you to comment on, and as we get started, I know that livestock producers, they have manure as one of their byproducts of their industry, and it's also a great nutrient that is recycled in fields. One of the things that I've had people ask me is when they are using manure, of course, they are many times incorporating cover crops along with manure, which I think is a great use of material. And the question comes up, are we going to see increased biological activity and improved soil health that may play a role in reducing tar spot incidence in our fields? that are already infected with tar spot? Yeah, that's a really good question, Phil. Um, we don't have specific research looking at that, but what we can tell you is that, unfortunately, no matter what's happening in, in your specific field or operation, your farm, this tar spot pathogen can blow in from fields outside. So even if you haven't grown corn for five years and you plant a crop of corn, we have had fields like that that have been decimated with tar spot because it's just blown in from outside. I would like to think that, yeah, maybe some biological activity would help, but again, uh, it's, it's definitely not going to be a, a complete solution for tar spot management. Well, speaking of some of the symptoms with tar spot, can you give us a, an oversight or a, a good idea what the symptoms are yeah. for tar spot and what we can expect if you have a heavy infestation? I'll tell you a couple of things. I'll tell you when to look and how. We first start seeing tar spot around the, the, the start of July. Um, as we get further into July, it gets much easier to find as the amount of um, disease starts to increase in the field. If I'm out looking, scouting for tar spot, initially at that earlier part of the season, I'm gonna look down low on the plants, most lowest green leaves that are closest to the ground. 
And then I'm going to be looking for a little black spot on the leaf. And if it's tar spot, it's typically going to be both on the upper side and protruding through to the bottom side of the leaf. And one thing you really want to make sure is that it's not insect poop or insect frass, because, you know, that can be confused. It looks very similar to tar spot. Uh, but one way to distinguish that insect frass is to spit on it or get some water and see if that, that lesion will rub off. If it rubs off, that's insect poop. Um, if it's embedded in that leaf tissue, won't rub off. That's more than likely tar spot. Are there some lookalike diseases that could be similar to tar spot or is it that distinctive? It's pretty distinctive. I think the only other thing late in the season is some of the rust diseases. So southern rust and common rust, they start to form these black spores very late in the season, you know, not until August, uh, September. Um, so yeah, typically it's pretty easy to ID, but if you have any doubt, I'd certainly encourage people either to reach out to you or myself or another field crop educator or ag specialist to, to get some um, confirmation. Many farms are planting time. And some of the questions that I've had have been from an agronomy side asking me, what can I do to mitigate some of the tar spot that's out there? What have you found in your research, Marty, that works or doesn't work? Yeah. In, in terms of sort of other agronomic practices, we have looked at things like fertility levels. And there we've looked specifically at nitrogen with Dr. Kurt Steinke, different nitrogen side dress rates. And we have not seen any impact from, from that level of fertility from, from nitrogen rates. Um, I really doubt that you know, we're going to see a significant impact from any sort of fertility practice on tar spot. We certainly don't want to have stressed fields in terms of being insufficient in whatever nutrient should be you know, present, but it's not like we're going to be able to spray a micronutrient and solve tar spot. The most important thing you can do is have hybrids with a good tolerance score to tar spot. And nothing's completely immune, but there's definitely differences in how tolerant they are or how much disease will actually develop um, on those different varieties. So speak to your seed dealer about that, get the best information. And if you've already committed to seed, get a sense of which hybrids might be the most susceptible. Because if you are gonna make some in-season uh, fungicide application, you may want to target those riskier fields that have a you know, greater susceptibility to tar spot. Anything else agronomically that we could do to try and mitigate population is another one that I've asked, had people ask me about. What do you yeah. think of that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've looked at population too, and that's been a really interesting one. It's been opposite to what we found in terms of managing white mold in soybeans or dry bean. So in soybeans, we pack the, the plants in or narrow the row spacing. We create a microclimate under the canopy and that's perfect for those white mold mushrooms or apothecia structures and infection of the flowers. You see the opposite thing with tar spots. So at high plant populations, we tend to see a little bit less tar spot develop. When we back that population down, we tend to see a little bit more develop. But the, again, the key driver here is how susceptible or tolerant is that corn hybrid. Uh, yes, again, we do see subtle differences in planting rates, but it doesn't seem to be enough to drive disease sufficiently to really impact yield. 
Um, so I would not go changing planting density. And if you try and take that route, you're probably gonna spend an awful lot in seed anyway, and just it's just not an economic solution. Marty, you talked about scouting for tar spot. Give us some of the tips that you would utilize in scouting for tar spot. When do we start? And how often should we be out there? Is it important to keep track of all of these things that as we go through the season to, to know what we've got or don't have? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very, very important to know what's really happening in your field rather than just, you know, buying into a spray the whole farm program. Um, and even if you're doing that, you know, when are you going to be doing that? You know, there's some potential to try and optimize the timing. Again, I would probably start scouting for tar spot start of July, especially through to early July. And initially I'm going to look in the lower, lower green leaves. And then as, as the season develops, you know, it, it's going to start moving up the plant and potentially, you know, be blown in from other fields and we, we may find it higher in the plant canopy. So I think, I think it's really, really important to keep an eye on what's going on. Typically in terms of making that fungicide timing decision, we've seen best economic response when we apply around about green silk through to maybe brown silk. Um, and sometimes a bit later than that, but it's really going to be dependent on the weather and how much tar spot disease pressure is there. If it doesn't come on until really late, maybe a later fungicide application you know, may be helpful. And that, that's the other real key here. What is the weather doing? You know, last year was really wet during the summer. And that's why we had you know, really significant tar spot issues. We had leaf wetness most weeks and pretty high levels of that. And so that's what really drove the disease. If we have a very dry se season in 2022, we're not going to see as much tar spot. Marty, you talked about some of the things that people might see as a result of tar spot. What are some of the impacts on our corn hybrids if they do have a light infestation or a medium or a heavy infestation of tar spot? Will they see differences in those plants? Now we're talking sure. corn silage, and so it's a little different than just corn grain. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think any, if it's really light levels, there's probably not going to be a significant impact, especially if it's light when we're chopping that silage. The, the impact is probably going to be reasonably minimal. However, as, as we see more disease on those plants, it's going to have a greater impact on that silage quality. And certainly, I think, I think the real big trouble with um, tar spot or the, the issue, especially for silage, is that it tends to shorten that chop window because it, it essentially shuts the plant down early if it gets going. And so that, that can be a real concern where we have those sort of moderate to high levels of tar spot. It can just shut, shut the plants down. And now we're trying to chop things as quick as we can, you know, before, you know, not enough moisture, I guess, in that corn for correct silage production. Um, and then when that happens too, we certainly see impacts on the quality levels. So we see the non-digestible components start to increase, you know, something like lignin as a percentage of that, that silage is going to increase because it's not digestible. And essentially the fungus appears to be sort of pulling out the sugars and starch uh, or sugars, at least element of that um, and leaving behind the less digestible elements. So it appears to be sapping, you know, basically pulling energy out of that feed. Um, so we, yeah, we certainly want to be on top of it um, in terms of silage production on the so quality side. Of so things. it sounds like you're losing a lot of your digestibility with corn silage 
And that's a key component when you talk to dairy producers today for their for their forages. And corn silage many times is 50 to 75% of the overall forage diet. So that's a big deal to dairymen that are out there. Yeah, it's it's a huge issue. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's affecting tonnage, but also that that quality and energy component. Uh, so we're ramping up this season. We, we did a little look around a couple of years ago, but this season we have a, a number of different trials that we're putting out. We're going to be looking at fungicide timing, different fungicide products for their efficacy of management. And then how does you know different hybrid susceptibility or tolerance to, to this disease, how does that impact um, tar spot development and subsequent quality? Um, and then the other thing we're going to look at is do some chop bait studies to have a look at, you know, over time, how does tar spot affect things on different chop, chop timings? When you look at chop timings, some of that has to do with the effectiveness and the length of time that those fungicides are going to be viable in that plant, isn't it? Because right. they don't last forever, right? No, they certainly do not. And, and I think that's something we should mention too. You know, yes, these fungicide products, they're, they're pretty, very, very helpful right? But they're not silver bullets. Um, again, first and foremost, it's going to be that hybrid choice, you know, how tolerant is it to disease? Um, and then, yeah, the second sort of factor in terms of managing task, but could be a well-timed fungicide application, but even a well-timed fungicide application will typically give you a couple of weeks of protection. And then that disease is going to continue to ramp up um, through time. So, it's just sort of suppressing disease for a period of time and then, then disease is going to increase. Fungicides are expensive to apply. And because of that, I'm hesitant to say, yes, spray again. But is that an option for some of these producers? Well, yeah. So that that's an economic question, isn't it? And obviously, it is. you know, yeah, disease management. But, but the economics is what defines that, both in silage and grain corn. Um, you know, if milk prices are up, if, you know, corn grain prices are up, yeah, maybe you can justify perhaps a second application. But again, it depends on the bottom line and how much it costs you to put those products on. Um, we are trying to look at sort of brand name products and generics as well. Um, generic products, hopefully being a little bit cheaper. Uh, we may not expect quite as much um, efficacy from some of those generic products, but that's something else we're trying to look at too, to see if there's any um, optimization there that can be done. Are all fungicides created equal in this situation when treating tar spot, or should we be using certain types of fungicides? Um, they're not quite created equal. There's, there's definitely, so we've done a lot of work in brain corn. We do see differences between products. Um, and if, if folk are interested, if they're listening to this, they can look up, look for that at the Crop Protection Network. If you Google Crop Protection Network and then look for corn foliar fungicide um, sheets, we have efficacy sheets where we rank these products as either good, very good, fair or poor. Um, and so we do see differences. Um, however, most products certainly do help to suppress tar spot. We, there's differences, but you know, if you can't get your, your favorite product that's been, that has perhaps the highest ranking, it's not to say that you can't use something, you know, something else. Every product has provided task spot suppression. Marty, one of the things that I have seen 
uh, especially in my area of the thumb, is that in certain years we will have certain diseases that show up. And in the past, we've seen mycotoxins be a real challenge for our producers, not only in corn grain, but in corn silage. Is there any correlation between tar spot and mycotoxins in our grain or, or stalks? Yeah, that's a really good question too. So <clears throat> uh, there is no mycotoxin from the tar spot fungus itself. And I've been in fields where it's predominantly just tar spot and, and really not much else going on in terms of disease. However, um, I wouldn't be surprised if as the tar spot fungus shuts down the plant prematurely, it may allow for other disease organisms to also sort of come into that plant. If they're already sort of beginning to infect, the plant's starting to die prematurely, that may exacerbate that other disease. Um, again, tar spot itself is capable of doing plenty of damage. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I could see the potential for tar spot maybe driving other diseases a little bit and potentially the mycotoxin um, from gibberella storkrite or fusarium storkrite. Um, but they are, they are also independently acting diseases. Yeah. All right. One last thing about manure before we uh, wrap this up a little bit is I have producers that have been asking about the corn silage that they chopped in 2021 that did have some tar spot in it. And they're concerned that they're going to inoculate their, their fields spreading manure. Well, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so nobody at the moment has looked at, you know, whether this tar spot fungus survives the silage process or through the animal digestive tract. It may very well break down or be killed by other microbes during those processes. But I think even if it's surviving and getting spread through the manure, again, it doesn't really matter because uh, whatever you do on your farm, you know, there's plenty of inoculum blowing in from outside. We have done some multi-state work just recently looking at the effect of tillage. When in corn on corn situations with high residue levels, we do see tar spot come in just a little bit earlier, but at the end of the season, the, the more important factor there is hybrid susceptibility. What does that mean as well in terms of you know, not only manure management, but managing corn residue and, and crop rotation. Well, it, it really seems that crop rotation plays a very small role in, in tar spot um, disease the second year. We've had growers that have had corn on corn. First year had a lot of tar spot. Second year, you know, very little tar spot. So again, it comes back to the weather and that hybrid susceptibility is, is really the key driving factors there. Marty, one of the things that I want to talk about today are opportunities for our dairy and beef producers to help us in determining some of the, the answers that we need to have to um, address some of the tar spot issues that are out there. But you have just been recently awarded in a grant from the Michigan Alliance of Animal Agriculture. Can you tell us about that, please? Uh, yeah, that one's still pending, so my fingers are crossed. <laughs> we have. Oh, well, maybe we shouldn't thing. talk about that. Then, oh, huh? that's perfectly fine. Um, so what? I mean, I've, I've pretty much already committed because you know the field season is underway. But what what we are intending to do there is to do some small plot research, so be uh, replicated, 
and we're asking a lot of questions. Uh, we're looking at, again, fungicide timing, efficacy, the role of hybrid in management and different chop baits. And we have that going on at a couple of different locations. So it's gonna be very intensive, um, small plot research. We are very interested as well in um, collaborating with farmers for on-farm trials. Bill, I know you've, you've um, graciously agreed to help coordinate one or two of those. And they do take some, some considerable effort and cooperation, right, with the farmer to uh, be out there at the right time so we can collect um, silage samples and, and maybe silage weights. We're interested if there's a particular question that a, that a farmer may have about maybe can fungicide or no fungicide or two fungicides versus one fungicide, something relatively simple that we can implement on farm. We would love to be involved in that. Um, I guess we would both urge that we need to do it in a replicated fashion. If it's not replicated, it's, it's much harder to really draw conclusions from that. But yeah, we're looking for volunteers. So if you're interested, um, yeah, please get in touch with us. We'd, we'd like to try and coordinate some, some collaborative efforts. Marty, any lasting thoughts? You know, the, the season's really going to dictate how damaging tar spot is. Um, if you are irrigated, we didn't talk about irrigation. Um, that can certainly, you know, that's, that's another form of leaf wetness, right, or con contributes to that. So if you, if you are an irrigator, um, be aware of that additional risk. And just, I just really finally to address, uh, Phil, for those people up in Huron County, I just don't think you've experienced tar spot yet. I'm sure you've heard from neighbours, you know, further to the south, but it's basically here in Michigan, it's overwintering on the residue. So we're just going to have to watch the weather and, and keep a really good eye on fields this year to see how things develop. Marty, it's been a pleasure to have a chance to talk with you today about tar spot. Thank you so much for your time and your research. And we look forward to a, a good cropping season and corn silage year in 2022. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Phil and Dr. Childers, for this timely conversation regarding tar spot. I would like to remind those farmers interested in hearing how can they collaborate with this project to reach out to Phil Cates at kaatz at msu.edu or reach Dr. Childers at chilvers at msu.edu. Finally, you can also reach us in the dairy team at C-A-R-R-A-S-Q1 at msu.edu. Stay tuned as there are more episodes on the way and plenty of interesting topics yet to be discussed. Until next week, I hope you'll join us then.